Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 19 of Hardly Committed here. I'm TJ Walker. Oh, hey, TJ Walker. Here, I'm TJ Walker. Out on the streets. They call me Big Appraising T. Well, I don't know what they call you because Terry's Twitter handle's changed like four times. It has. I haven't found a good home for my Twitter handle. It's been a mess. That's Nick Roush talking. Uh, My producer that is kind of producing today, split with Trevor Kelsey, who does the the our radio show, Kentucky Roll Call, Monday through Friday, 8 to 10 on Big X Sports Radio. Uh, you can call me whatever. But this is hardly committed, and we've got some recruiting stuff to talk about. We're going to have to make this episode a little bit shorter today because we're pressed on time for recording purposes. It's a busy time of the year, but let's dive right in with, I guess, some personal news. I will be leaving KSR uh, in pursuing my lifelong dreams as a little boy as being a real estate appraiser. A lot of people think I'm a real estate agent, like I'm going to be selling houses. No, I'm going to be telling you what your house is worth after going through, walking through it, checking out all your belongings. Just kidding. Belongings you're, don't matter. All I'm doing is the house. Stuff. house yeah. You're like, oh, they have jewelry. <laughs> no, no don't do that. I'm not appraising I'm jewelry. I'm going to have your jewelry. No, no, no not that. Uh, jewelry. But no, it, it, I've been working towards that for about two years, and in 2019, it's going to get busy, and it's going to get. Uh, I'm going to have to start taking some tests and doing some stuff to become certified, and you have to have like two years of experience under your belt, so I've gotten that part down, and <sighs> now it's the heavy lifting time, and unfortunately, there just won't be enough time in the day to be doing the daily updates at KSR. I will still be doing a radio show. I'll still be following recruiting because I love recruiting, so I'll still be keeping tabs on that. I'll still have my sources. I probably won't touch base with them almost on a daily or every other day basis, but I'll still be able to talk to people when I need news. So that's not going to change. I'm still uh, going to, to to be tweeting and talking and doing all that fun stuff about UK basketball recruiting. That's not going to, uh, no differences there. Just won't be writing posts on KSR about that stuff. So I won't be writing posts anywhere. Writing, I'm done for now. That could always change, but I'm done for now. The secret is is that you actually lost your hands and you've lost the ability to type and that's why you're getting out of it <laughs> got to get right. out of the game yeah yeah, yeah. now but, in, in 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 the podcast game still going to be doing kentucky thrones radio when that comes around in Ken- this spring kentucky thrones radio and going nowhere nowhere because that actually was there before you were ever a part of ksr or i was a part of a radio show with you yep that's where it all started yeah that's we weren't even like happened. i don't even know how we even started doing that we can talk about that maybe on a kentucky thrones radio episode which will be coming to you in 2019, the new season coming in 2000 or in April 2019. We're going to do some preview episodes, as you know. But you, you aren't listening to Hardly Committed to hear about Kentucky Thrones Radio. You're listening to Hardly Committed to either listen to about The Office, which we'll get to later, or you're listening because you want some recruiting news. And I say we get in to that recruiting news. And I forgot to send out a tweet asking for your questions, but that's okay. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Yeah. Uh, all right. So Matthew Hurt visits. We've talked about that. Next, he's going to take his visit to UNC this weekend. Check out the Tar Heels and what they have to offer. And here's the deal. He's still not going to announce till April. So I like where Kentucky stands right now with Matthew Hurt. I've said that for a long time. You're starting to see the national guys come around on that idea, which always makes me feel a little bit better. Uh, and two, if Matthew Hurt ends up going somewhere else and people like get mad at me, I can be like, listen, other analysts thought the same thing too. Everybody's coming around to the idea that if Kentucky isn't the leader, I think most people have them in the top two. Uh, When we had Jake Weingarten on last week, he thought it was Kentucky and Memphis. Memphis came out of nowhere, in my opinion. A lot of people think Kansas, because Matthew Hurt played for Bill Self. 
this summer on the USA team. Some people think Duke just because Matthew Hurts white and Duke does some good things with white guys. Not any. I don't really hear too many people saying UNC, uh, but now you almost have everybody, if not saying Kentucky's the leader, that the Cats are right there and a major threat in, in his recruitment. And I, I find that to be true. I think the family really likes Kentucky. I think the family thinks Kentucky can use him in a, in a really important way. And uh, especially an important recruit, as Kentucky has missed out on a lot of of guys, uh, a lot of big targets in the class of 2019. So he can be the guy on the front court. I think that's important to him. Where he wouldn't be the guy on the front court at UNC, he wouldn't be the guy in the front court at Memphis, he wouldn't be the guy on the front court at Duke. Kansas is the only one where potentially he could be as well. And uh, you got to watch out for the Jayhawks relationship, like I already mentioned. But I will say. That FBI, FBI cloud that's going to be hanging over Kansas, the NCAA has already said, like, hey, this year, everything's going to be all right. Nobody's going to get a postseason ban get for the 2000. Yeah, you're not going to get a 2019 postseason ban. You're not going, we're not going to hand down punishments for this season. So enjoy it while you can. Arizona, Kansas, Louisville, all these other programs. They didn't say anything about 2020, though. And that's when Matthew Hurt will be playing in the NCAA tournament. So I think without a doubt, they are going to, uh, they'll be looking. They'll be looking at. Uh, they'll keep that in mind. Yeah. They'll, they'll, they'll be looking at that when making the recruiting decisions. It's, it's been a little hectic because Matt Jones of Kentucky Sports Radio, yep. he tweeted out that there could be some major Kentucky basketball news today. And I'm getting a lot of text messages while I'm doing this podcast. I wish we could do this just a few hours later because I think we would probably know. And then I'm trying to work to kind of find out on my own what it could be. But could be some potential news. We'll talk about that if it breaks during this podcast. But uh, most likely it probably will not. So there's Matthew Hurt. I kind of want to run down the the list of of recruiting targets. And I want to talk a little Kentucky, but we have to make this a little bit shorter of a podcast. Here's a question for you. Big deal or no deal? That what a deal! Number one player in the class, Anthony Edwards. Yeah, is not going to take an official visit to UK. That's a big deal. Obviously, would would you you know when you were choosing your colleges, would you go take a tour of a place that you weren't even considering at all? Yeah, no, probably not. Unless like you went to Harvard just because you were in Boston and you just wanted to go check it out just for shits and giggles. But no, you you wouldn't. And he, uh, I don't think he ends up at Kentucky. The fact he's not taking an official visit is not good news. Now, Kentucky still thinks they could potentially get him on an unofficial visit, and at the end of the day, if that happens, an unofficial visit can be just as informative, just as good, just as positive as an official visit. You're just paying for it on your own, and that's not a big deal for a lot of these recruits and their families. However, he got to pick five places he wanted to go see and have the school pay for them. Those are basically guaranteed visits. He didn't want he didn't want one of those schools to be Kentucky. So I would think that Kentucky's not Here's certainly and it's yeah, they're 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 not in a good spot. Now the good news is Kentucky should be loaded at the guard position for next year. Anthony Edwards is an amazing player, a great player, gonna be a difference maker at the college level, but uh won't be won't probably be going to Kentucky. All right, uh, now I want to touch on Keon Brooks. It could have a decision in the next month, he has told reporters. I still think Kentucky's trailing IU. I think it's kind of just a matter of time before he picks IU. But Kentucky has given him a lot to think about. And relationship with the family is – I think I think the Brooks family has a better relationship with Kentucky staff than any other school on his list. 
He's still considering UCLA, Michigan State, UNC, and IU and Kentucky. Uh, Michigan State, some people think they have a chance. I'm not so sure. I think it'll be Kentucky or IU. Uh, maybe Michigan State on the outside looking in. I think it's going to be IU with maybe a chance Kentucky gets in because of those relationships. But at the end of the day, I've been told there's so much pressure for him to stay at home at Indiana to join Trace Jackson Davis, his former teammate, good friend. They play together. Uh, Keon Brooks has talked about how, and I think he's also considering Purdue, but that kid's not going to Purdue. But I think he's also, uh, there's a lot of pressure to stay home. He has talked about how important it is to represent Indiana and Indiana basketball. So I think that wins out despite the great relationships with Kentucky staff, but but not impossible. Probably unlikely, but not impossible. Let's go to Jaden McDaniels, Kentucky. And, and Kentucky watch Keon Brooks. They watch Keon Brooks and Isaiah Stewart over the weekend. Is, is, is there, I feel like we kind of shut the door on Isaiah Stewart. Um, is it still cracked open? It's it's been cracked. I think I've been the one that telling you to like shut it just because I don't think he's going to end up at Kentucky. But Kentucky's perspective is that door's still cracked. Maybe even depending on who you talk to, that door's still open. What I've been told with with Isaiah Stewart is that Kentucky that he visits. Seemingly, the kid really likes it. The dad is like infatuated with the place and UK staff and the idea of I can turn your son into the number one draft pick. Why would you not want to go here? Can Michigan State do that? Can Duke do that? I can do it. I can get your son to be the number one draft pick. I've done it with bigs time after time. I heard the dad was like, you know, drooling at, at after these sales pitches. A lot of people in Isaiah Stewart's circle, though, and a lot of people were like, seriously, you're going to go to Kentucky? You cut them in April. You cut them again in June or July. They haven't been on your list in forever. These other schools are making you a priority. They're doing everything they can, and you're just going to take a school that just started picking you up because they didn't feel good about some of their other big targets. Are you kidding me? A lot of people in Isaiah Stewart's circle don't want him to go to Kentucky. And guess what? These are the people in a circle that you're seeing Tom Izzo take pictures with. You're seeing Coach K take pictures with. It's because they feel like they're boys. And, and, and job well done with Tom Izzo and Coach K. They feel like they're boys with these people, with their handlers and these clingerons. And they want, and, and, and they're the ones that are, feel like they can push Isaiah Stewart. And I think these coaches know, hey, these people have some influence on him. Let's get, let's be friendly with them. Knowing that as soon as they get a commitment from Isaiah Stewart or don't get a commitment from Isaiah Stewart, they'll never talk to these jokers ever again. Kentucky's trying to pitch the kid and the family. And that, uh, unfortunately, doesn't seem to be winning out as of right now. So Kentucky's keeping that door cracked. They're keeping that door open. And I'm told that there's been a few times. You know, they went and visited him about a month ago. They went and watched him play on Saturday. And every time it's kind of like, hey, let's get serious. You're, you're talking about your future. You're not talking about your friend's future. You're not talking about your boy's life. This is your future. And every time Kentucky feels like they're receptive of it, but it kind of just ends at that, at least is, is the way I read the situation. It just kind of ends at, yeah, yeah, you're right. We love that. That's given us a lot to think about. And then that's that. They move on. So make of that what you will. I hate using cl- cliche phrases like that. I don't think they get Stewart. I don't think they get Brooks. But Kentucky's still recruiting both of them, still going after them. They also watched Jaden McDaniels, who put on a show in New York. The timing worked out well. Kentucky plays Seton Hall. We'll talk about that here in a moment. And then they they watched Jaden McDaniels, and uh, you he know went up against the uh, the Irish Hulk. Yeah, Aiden Igihan, Igihan, and they they beat him by like forty. They killed him. Uh, Aiden Igihan he plays on a really bad team. He puts up unreal numbers, but he's on a really bad team. Good player, physical player. Kentucky never offered him. He'll go to Louisville, and he'll probably have a, a nice career for the Cards. Jaden McDaniel, better player. 
guy Kentucky really wants. I don't really have anything new here besides the fact that it's going to come down to if Jaden wants to leave the West Coast. And if he does, I think he goes to Kentucky. I would be really surprised, and watch this end up happening because that's just the way the world works, I'd be like really surprised if he picked Texas because that's leaving the West Coast, that's going really far away, and that's going to play for Shaka Smart, who has underachieved with some really good talent since he took over the Longhorns program. I don't see him doing that. Uh, I don't see him going to UCLA. I see him either going to San Diego State because his brother played there. I don't really see that. I do think it could come down to just Washington and Kentucky, to be honest with you, now that I'm kind of talking it out loud. And if he wants to leave, I think he'll go to UK, and I think he'll be an important piece for them. I've been asked on Twitter how he would mesh with a Khalil Whitney. You know, those two almost got in a fight. Chris and Pete came on hardly committed and dropped that news. But I think Khalil Whitney would move more to the 3-4 role, and you'd have Jaden be like a 3-2, mostly a 3 but he'll play outside. A lot of people comparing him to Kevin Durant. The only thing that bugs me a little bit about Jaden McDaniels is it just intensity. I just wish he had a little bit more intensity. I wish he could. It, it looks like he's not playing 110% all the time. And you sometimes see that with players in high school. And it's because things come so easy to them. It's like because they don't have to. Now, you push me and you pressure me, I'm going to step my game up a little bit. But if I can score on people without having to break a sweat, I'm going to do that. But so many times we see that type of player in college and they can't kick it to that next gear. That they Things do look easy to them. And they remain. They just can't really get that killer instinct. That's the only little thing that worries me about Jada McDaniels is the killer instinct. But skill-wise and talent-wise... You know, James Wiseman calls himself the unicorn because he's so unique as a basketball player. Jaden McDaniels is more unique. I mean, he's legitimately like a six foot eleven guy, still growing, has guard handles, can put it on the floor and and pull up from anywhere. Nice shot. He is you don't see players like him all that often. I think Kentucky's in a good spot for him. Uh, all right, I think that's the 2019 guys. A lot going on, a lot happening in 2020, but we'll save that for another day. We got to talk a little bit about the Kentucky game, they lose to Seton Hall. Really bad loss. We've had some time to digest it. Seton Hall is just not a good team, and it's not a team Kentucky should be losing to. I think it is time. I think it's officially time to kind of take a step back and say this Kentucky team's not the team we thought they were going to be. I think they're ranked 19th now in the AP poll. That's probably accurate. Uh, I think they're a fringe top 20, top 25 team with where they stand now. Nick, I still believe this team has enough talent come March to be really, really dangerous. People that sleep on Calipari generally – wake up in a nightmare because he seems to be able to turn things around quickly. You never can count that dude out, so I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to be the idiot that says throw away this season. But they're going to have more losses than I think people anticipate. Well, and, and I think it's going to start and finish with Ashton Hagens because we saw him two games ago against UDNCG really take a step forward uh, defensively shutting down the magician from Malaga <laughs> and also attacking the rim. But I, I think you get like baby steps of it, but in that late game situation when people didn't really know what they were doing, I think that's on having a point guard who hasn't been in that situation before who's supposed to be a high school senior. Kentucky's going to be successful later in the season because of Ashton Higgins. The other guys are close. Tyler Hero just has to find a shot. He, Kentucky's offense was generating some good looks for him. Now, do they need to shoot some more threes? I think so. We saw that in Jack Pilgrim's post last night. hitting some more threes. But yeah, if, if you just hit your open looks, it makes all the difference yeah. in the world. Um, so those will start falling, and Hagen's will develop. I'm not too worried overall, but it is just it's 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 gut wrenching to lose when that team didn't make a shot for 12 minutes, and then they start hitting double clutch fadeaways with time running out to go up three. Yeah, like contested looks too. 
And I think that's why when you got dudes hit contested shots, that people are running at three-point shooters at overtime. And boy, Calipari just had to call a timeout there. I mean, so many instances to call a timeout, and he didn't do it on any of them. But goodness gracious, after Hagens goes one or two from the line, why don't you call a timeout and get your defense back in the half court, settle down a little bit, and uh, at least talk to them about the situations? He doesn't do it then. All right, they hit a three with nine seconds left. I understand in this is wanting to run because at that point you want to get the defense off guard. The same thing Seton Hall did to Kentucky after UK didn't call a timeout. Cal wants to do Seton Hall. I understand that. It's still an opportunity to take a timeout to talk about things, but still, I understand that. But when Ashton Hagen starts to bring the ball up the court slowly and he doesn't cross half court until five seconds are left in the game, at that point Cal had to call a timeout. And yes, I know. Cal can't call a timeout in that situation, but I guarantee you, if he starts yelling timeout, somebody is going to somebody's going to listen, and somebody's going to call a timeout for him. So basically, he can call a timeout. So he should have, and I think that hurt Kentucky's chances to win the game. Uh, but you know, if they win that game, if they lose that game, if you win it, it's really cool because that Kelton Johnson shot will be remembered a lot more. But you still would be like, man, this team's got some flaws. Like, this team is playing teams that are not good basketball teams, and they're playing down to their level. The only good news for Kentucky is, like you said, Nick, they probably should have won that game. Seton Hall did some crazy, crazy things late. Kentucky was missing bunnies throughout the game, missing three-pointers throughout the game. That's fine. Kentucky will get a chance, though, to make things right this month. They're going to beat Utah by a bunch on Saturday, and then it's UNC, and then it's Louisville. If you can win both those UNC and Louisville games, you're getting through December. Great, you're fine. You're fine. You're finishing the regular, the out of conference, with the exception of Kansas in January. But you're finishing the out of conference slate, the big out of conference slate, with only two losses. I think that would be a fair thing to push a button at the beginning of the year and say, "Yeah, let's do it." I mean, one loss would have been ideal, but two losses you can survive with. Three gets a little bit dicier, but you can still be okay. Four is not good. Four is not good because then you still have nine true road games left on the season. Even if you split those, you're having eight or nine losses. Still have Kansas. You're getting closer to double-digit losses if Kentucky loses both UNC and Louisville. So these the, later this month, things are going to get uh, things are going to be huge. They're heating up. They are heating up. Still, uh, any update on what the major news was? No, but... By the time people listen to this, they'll know what the major news was. So much speculation on my group chat, though. A lot of people think it could be Quad A Green. Ooh, there's also Nick Richards whispers. And surprisingly, I haven't seen the, like, maybe just somebody got injured in practice. It could always also be the injury news. Yeah, so, I don't know. I think if it was injury news, don't you think we'd have, like, the Instagram or social media posts of, like, I love you. You're my brother. Yeah. I mean, is Jamal Baker... Could be Major. Jamal Baker transferring. Is hey, it? we saw a little bit of Jamal on Saturday, though. No, we got one minute. Yeah, not not just one. I'd like to see a little bit more than one minute of Jamal Baker. Well, maybe, maybe we'll get Utah. none if he transfers. Oh, that'd be a real shame. I like number thirteen. Look yeah. at number thirteen. Yeah, we'll we'll have to see. Um, could it be? It, well, I hate that we're doing this and we don't know what the news is, but that's all right. It's kind of our luck with this. We're always, it, it's always something like we're this. really good at talking about it uh all right hey Tyrese Maxey and Dante Allen we got to talk about those guys just briefly they are they've they've been great and Cleo Whitney too um Cleo Whitney I just don't seem to get like his stats sent to me as much as the other guys so sorry about that uh he's a really good player he's going to be Kentucky's best commit 
heading into the season, in my opinion, regardless of who else they get, even if it's Matthew Hurt, even if it's Jaden McDaniels. Isaiah Stewart would be the only one that I would be like, all right, maybe he's a little bit better than Khalil Whitney. I think Khalil Whitney is going to be an absolute stud for Kentucky. But Maxie and, and Allen, Allen is just putting up unbelievable Allen numbers. Allen has surprised me, too, because, like, it, it, but it does reinforce what he did on the AAU circuit. Now he's taking it onto the high school level, and I just I encourage you to go watch him play this yeah, year. Yeah, he had 45 points again on Monday. I don't know what his average at. It's got to be above 40 points on the season, though. Has to. Uh, it's it's been an un, unreal run for him. And is the competition he's playing against is it the best in the state? Probably not. Some of these teams are actually pretty bad. But to still be able to score. 45 points, 52 points, 54 points, all these different totals that he's had this season. You've got to be a damn good scorer. And it's not like he's just a six foot 11, 300 pound center that could just keep missing his own shot until he he makes it. He's not. He's doing it from the perimeter. He's putting it on the floor, getting to the rim. He's pulling up from 10 and 12 feet and scoring. He's doing it all. He's a good scorer. He's going to be a good player for Kentucky. Maxie putting up good numbers as well. Not as good as Allen, but the competition probably a little bit better. He goes against R.J. Hampton on Friday night. I'm told that the plan right now isn't for Kentucky to uh, to travel down and see him, but I uh, I that, that could change. They're worried a little bit about the game on Saturday, and if you have just any sort of flight delays, then you're having an assistant coach not get to the game so that that you wouldn't want that um but i you know i hope maybe they will maybe they'll change a heart because I, I think they feel like they've got a decent shot at rj hampton and obviously they love tyrese maxi he's a commitment so that'll be a really good game on friday if there's a stream i'll tweet it out i think that's it for recruiting i think that's it for recruiting you want to head on over to the annex talk Ooh. a little office let's go unless we uh unless you have some big breaking news no let's go to the annex all right to the annex we go Welcome to the Annex. We made it. We made it. Another Christmas edition of the Annex here. If you're unsure what the Annex is, it's our podcast within a podcast, and we break down every single episode of The Office, and we have a pretty good time doing it. And the best Christmas special, Christmas-themed episode in the history of television, a two-parter of Benihana Christmas. Wow. What a gem. What a gem. Trevor, you want to hop in and talk yeah, Benihana well, Christmas with us? Let's get Trevor in on the show. Come Trevor on. looks so 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 surprised. Come he on, didn't see Trevor. that coming. You want to talk a little Benihana Christmas, buddy? Best office Christmas episode. There we go. This, this they, is, heard, they heard him say episode, too. They did. He's uh, Trevor's our producer on our morning show, Kentucky Roll Call. We go 8 to 10 Monday through Friday on Big X Sports Radio. Trevor, you're making your Harley Committed debut. Hello, everybody. <laughs> there he is. There he is. All right. Benihana Christmas. Where do you all want to start? Uh, I think it starts with the awkwardness of Michael photoshopping his head on his girlfriend's <laughs> ex-husband's face on a skiing trip that they had previously taken. Pretty bold move. Uh, pretty bold pretty wild. I mean, Carol's pretty likable. So Carol is actually Steve Carell's wife. People know that? You all yeah, know that? Yeah, yeah. real life. That is his real wife, real wife in real life. And... Uh, 
you know, the fact that Carol was with, and she was what, her real estate agent? Uh, she yeah. was his real estate agent. She sold him the condo, right? Sold him the condo. Saved they Saved a lot of money. Saved, saved, saved a lot of, <laughs> goodbye, my lover. I don't know Goodbye, what that song is. my friend. What's that? I, I didn't know that song. That, that You didn't know that song? No. Are you kidding me? I guess it's just a snippet that I, I couldn't pull out the rest of it. But You've no. never... That is like, oh boy, Nick, you got dumped at Outbacks and stuff like that. I know. Hilarious I story. Know James Blunt, Goodbye, My Lover. If you ever even had like... A, a girl tell you that she wasn't interested. You went back to your room as a freshman in high school and you blasted James Blunt, goodbye, my lover. Yes. That's just what you did. Never did Not that. me. I used to listen to Cindy Lauper uh, time after time. Time after That's time. I went to that cassette so many times, I couldn't tell you. So it's a, that was hilarious that Michael did that. And it is just the little snippet that, uh, that he plays because he doesn't want to buy the whole song. But, that, but he plays the good part. Goodbye, my lover. Goodbye, my friend. You have been the one. You have been the one for me. I love that right before That's that it. he dumps her, or she dumps him, that he's like, everybody take a look at that butt. It doesn't quit. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, Car- God bless her. Carol is a sweetheart. I mean, she put I, up with his proposal at the Diwali. Like, just all kind. The fact that it lasted that long really is a miracle. It, the the Diwali thing should have been the deal breaker, and he does end up having and he kind of low key he, yeah he and he proposes to her and he throws her under the bus at that doesn't he because then he take off his his like his like extra heads and yeah. to act like she's the only one that showed up that way yeah he does and he even tries to kind of like make a move on Pam there not a not a good <laughs> Carol like, Michael doesn't hand the Carol relationship in an appropriate way. And proven more so because he breaks up with a girl that he wants to propose to and gets engaged to. And then what's the next thing he's doing? He's flirting with a few waitresses at Benihana. <laughs> you ever been to a Benihana's? There's I, not I, in Louisville, I've right? Is that a one. chain? Yeah, I think it is. Okay, I think it's yeah. just like a, you know, like where they cook in front of you. Right. I've never even it, been to it like a Shogun. Is it be like uh, Pretty Girls there or something? Or is that just part of the... The episode was that they've got. The I don't think. I, I don't think so. Okay. I, but I don't know. I've never been to a Benihana's. But I, I think it's just they were cute waitresses that Andy and I, I. I do love that Dwight has to sit on the other side of the table. Well, and especially when he could have been like, "Hey, can you just scoot over one?" And they're like, "No, don't, don't disrupt those people. They're on a date." Anybody would be, yeah. And Michael's like, I'm sure they're so happy together. <laughs> but anybody would be like, yeah, here, sit with your friends. We'll scoot down too. You know, exactly. Anybody would do that. Reasonable, especially at a place. And the fact that they didn't makes me happy that Michael thinks it's family style and tries to pick food off their plates, which is also incredibly cringeworthy and awkward. Incredibly awkward. He's like family style, and Jim's like, no, it's not. (laughs) She's asking, how do you, (laughs) how do you dress a duck? (laughs) All right, you got to take it by its neck, and then you cut, and you got to hold it upside down. That way, you don't get too much blood. Uh, That's great. Um, oh, I forgot. That's the cold open too. He comes in with the duck, right? Is that the one with the duck? Yeah, he comes in. They're like Dwight. We, what did we tell you about bringing live animals into into the office? And he says, "Wait, in fairness, this one was already dead. I found it dead. It was the goose. Yeah, and the goose. They 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 became friends. They gave it a name when he brought in the one duck. Yeah. <laughs> so people got attached to the duck. <laughs> you ever had duck? I have. Yeah, it's I've had a, I've had a lot of. It could be a little. Uh, Gamey, but or a little greasy, but it's great with like some meringue. You're a little greasy. Oh, you're great with a little meringue. So they're at Benihana's. He meets the girls. 
No way in hell in a real life scenario do two waitresses from Benihana's come back to a company work Christmas party yeah. during the day. Yeah, especially like a like a lunchtime. Thing. Yeah, I love that he gives her the bike though. <laughs> he feels it's so proud. Obviously, his bike. Yeah, he feels so proud. Like, oh, I'm I'm Big Michael. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna give away a bike <laughs> for charity. I'm trying to show people up, and then he ends up just giving it to a waitress that gives him a little bit of a little bit of attention. And they go to the party. They have a good time. A lot of drama between the classy Christmas Ooh. and the karaoke Christmas. I Which think, one are you going to? Oh, definitely the margarita Christmas. The food looked better at the classy Christmas. I'll yeah, be honest. But I, and even I though don't, I, don't and know. I do like that they have like a, a food limitation they, on what they, Kevin can eat. Angela's got brownies. Double fudge. <laughs> and double fudge. Double fudge brownies. But the other party doesn't have Angela. Yeah. Ooh, it's a tough one. <laughs> yeah, it is tough. The food was better at the classy Christmas. No ifs, ands, or buts about Or what was it? Nutcracker Christmas? Yeah. Nutcracker and I'm also Christmas. partial to the Nutcracker. Uh, used to go all the time as a kid. So I like the Nutcracker, but still. I thought only girls went to Nutcracker. And this is, hey, TJ's naive learning experience. But I thought oh, that was a... geared towards younger girls. Well, I mean, I was a kid. I mean, it's, it's t- geared towards kids. It's your introduction not, to the ballet. So not girls. It's a nice production. So oh, it's everybody. geared towards young you men. You can watch it too. Macaulay Culkin made a version that's on Netflix that you can watch. I'll I'll check it out. Uh, my sister it. always went. I never got the invite. Oh wow! Because I was told it was geared towards girls. Well, they told you wrong. It's geared towards everybody. It's yeah, a great show. Uh, uh, by the way, my favorite part of this whole thing though is the Angela versus uh, first uh, Karen Filippelli, because she was very crude to Karen. Mm-hmm. The time. And th- this isn't the time that when she says that orange is whorish, though, to Phyllis. That was different, right? I don't remember. Yeah, that was different. But Angela, she has a history of being sharp during these party planning committee meetings. And the say that the raffle was stupid might have been the biggest shots fired. It, is, it is this one, by the way. That orange is whorish? Yes. Yeah. Um, and then she's like, I thought green was whorish. <laughs> <laughs> so Angela's just being completely crude. When karaoke, A, one of my favorite things to do, especially with Christmas karaoke, um, B, who who doesn't like trying to win some money? So I, Angela, she had a stick up her butt. She she went so far as to, I mean, when she was fighting fire with fire, stole the karaoke cord. Yeah, low class move. Very low class. But is it lower class than having the flyer go up right above the other flyer? Hey, it's a free market. You can advertise as you see fit. I like that Dwight wanted to be on the pit committee to approve the committees. Yeah, yeah, I I love that as well. Uh, so the the parties are are rocking and are rolling, and I think one of Trevor's favorite scenes. He talks about it all the time. He favorite. mix he mixes up what girl he was flirting with from the Benihana's waitresses because both are of Asian descent. It, Trevor, you've done that before, right? Uh, yeah, you know what they say. I, I've been drinking. Plus, all waitresses look alike. So I mean, <laughs> that's that is one of my favorite scenes of that entire series of The Office. Is, just the Roy and Jim's face when he gives that line. Clearly, they're just trying their best not to laugh and break character. Yeah. I love it. And then he marks their arm and, hey, there you are. And she, is my girl behind the, the uh, door here? You see me. Oh, yeah, there you are. Maybe she's in this popcorn thing. Oh, oh. God. And then when he's talking to Jim about it later on, he's like, I gave her my bike. Yeah. (laughs) I like that they they serenade both of them. Yeah. Your body is a wonderland. (laughs) Bold move with a girl that you've just met. Like, very sensually seeing, looking in their eyes, your body is a wonderland. Uh, Yeah. Awkward move. And I also like that they, like, are in college. 
<laughs> Michael is, I think, 40, over she 40. She was definitely there just for the bike. There, well, how would she know the bike was there, though? She was there for free drinks in general or I something. I think she was there yeah. for free drinks and still never would have done that in a, in a million years. Uh, but At least they, they, they break Michael's heart, both of them, again, when they decide to leave the party. And Jim tries to get them to stay. To stay, they are not interested. Um, they leave, takes the bike with them, which is hilarious. But this is a cool Jim and Michael moment when Jim tells them, like, listen, you've had a rough go. You got dumped today. Some other girls weren't interested in you because they are significantly younger uh, and out of your league. You gave them your bike. You're having a bad day. But spins it and says, listen, you just had a rebound. Yeah. You were able to move on from Carol, and you'll be able to move on moving forward. Mm. Now I think Michael has a little bit of a destructive pattern in his life because he instantly goes and calls Jan and invites her to Sandals, Jamaica. Yeah. Oh, the third person that he invites to Sandals, Jamaica. <laughs> I do I do like how he, he's telling Jim, he's like, I, I was really in love with her. And Jim goes, I've literally known you your entire relationship with her. You did not love her. And he's like, yeah, I, I marked her arm. <laughs> yeah, I marked her. And then in a twist, Jim has some self-realization. He's like, ooh, maybe Karen is just my rebound. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a rebounder. Yeah, he, he has that little ball, thing where he's like, you always keep thinking about the girl that broke your heart. Yeah. And he's just looking at Pam and Karen being Karen, out. just the biggest victim in the office show. Yeah. Nobody is a bigger victim than old Karen. I mean, Karen of Philippelli. They, they went so far as to destroy her copier. Yep. They are just trying to attack her. They did. Must be Italian. They did. Also, I like the part. This or is Filipino. kind of an underrated part of it. When and when they combine the parties, you know, and everybody's happy and they're having a good Christmas time. And Angela's singing a little drummer boy because naturally that's what anybody would sing on a karaoke machine. Yeah. <laughs> Not. Oscar comes in with Gil. <laughs> yeah. That is. And then they instantly turn around. And he's like, too soon. <laughs> Not ready to introduce him to their partner, Gil. Which that would have been electric had it I happened. I did love Kevin's doing the Atlantis uh, Morris set, by the way. Too, yeah. On the, on the karaoke. You, uh, you, you, you. He's like uh, in the corner of the cons- uh, of the cafeteria too, for some reason. I don't know why. I forget why they're in there. Yeah. Um, they you, so he calls Jan and they go to Sandals, Jamaica. That's always that's hilarious. That results in great episodes that we'll hopefully get to at another time. Ooh. But what what you got? Got a, uh, we've got one of those tweets, an ambiguous tweet. What's the ambiguous tweet? It's uh, from Rex Chapman 22 minutes ago. What'd it say? Playing basketball at the University of Kentucky is not easy. The weight of expectations can be crushing for young people. Meeting expectations can never be the mindset. Exceeding expectations is key. This place isn't for everyone. If it was easy, anyone could do it. And there's a, the more you know gif. Oh, so that would seem to think that it's Quad A. Yeah. And, of course, again, when people are listening to this, they'll know exactly who it is. But, hey, you got to listen to us just figure it out. We just put the pieces together. Just sure like did. Jim realizing, oh, wait, I still love Pam. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he does. And, wait, I, I lost my little notes of what I was going to go with. Uh, oh, yeah, and then Pam gets really sad when he sees Jim and Karen exchanging gifts. What was the DVD they gave each other? Uh, give me a second. Give me a second. They gave each other the same movie. I just watched it. I haven't even watched it for a little while, and, I, and I'm, I'm, I, this is like not me knowing the answer. I'm asking literally, what was it? I forget. Oh, girl, I kind of wish you did know. Yeah, I thought you knew the answer, Trevor. Isn't it a Sandra Bullock movie, though? 
Ooh, I think it is. Is it the the one where is it time traveler one where Keanu Reeves? No, it wasn't that. <sighs> the Bridget Jones Diary, maybe. No, uh, I know it's not Sandra Bullock. Man, yeah, I don't know. All right, well, we'll move past that. <clears throat> maybe I should have thought about it. Yeah, maybe I so. To. I thought you had it. Uh, you didn't. That's this, okay. This is why it took twenty episodes to get me on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Let's. Uh, where did I want to end it? There was something. One more little part I wanted to get to. Oh, they they play the prank on Jim or on Dwight that he's got a secret CIA mission. Oh yeah, Jim ends up deciding, okay, I'm gonna go through with this. Yeah, and then they end up destroying his having Dwight destroy his phone, which never seems like a big deal to Dwight. It he is destroys Bridget, stuff. It was Bridget Jones' diary. Way to go, Trevor! Thank See, you. that's Thank why we let him on this episode. So great, Benny Hanna Christmas. I think the best Christmas episode uh, around. A lot of fun. Any fireable offenses in this one? Um. You're, did they change the rule that you can drink at Christmas parties now? Yeah, we'll just assume that's allowed. Okay. A lot of companies will allow you to do that. Yeah. Uh, pretty sure uh, pretty sure Michael broke a couple laws, but I don't know if it's... What laws did he break? I mean, he wasn't he like harassing like waitresses pretty much? No. I mean, it's not a law. He, he didn't like force them back to the Christmas party. Mark and, and marking them. a girl's <laughs> arm is not a fireable offense. I don't yeah. think there's any fireable offenses here. I mean, Angela stealing the cord would be reprimanded. She's, to, she's snappy at some of her coworkers. Very snappy at some of her co- coworkers. Yeah, uh, I don't. I don't think so. I don't think so either. Good for them. Good, Good for job. the gang. You Not getting it. fireable offenses during the Christmas episode. All right, we're out of time. Thank you for listening to Hardly Committed. T.J. Walker, Nick Roush, and a surprise cameo from Trevor Kelsey. Merry Christmas.